It's Travel Thursday, and uh, it's not often that we have the honor and the privilege to uh, welcoming international guests to our studio in the sense that uh, they traveled to South Africa in 2009, and since then they made Cape Town their home. Pete Portal is originally from London, but like I said, lived in Cape Town since 2009, and he serves on the core team of Tree of Life, a church in Manenburg, Cape Town, running ministries among the vulnerable and marginalized. Here, he, his wife, Sarah, and their two children do life with young men coming out of gangsterism and drug addiction and help them find faith, freedom, and wholeness. Pete Portal, welcome to Radio Tiger Book. Thanks, Mike. Great to be here with you. And and as you can hear, that uh, English accent comes through very strong. Uh, You have not yet (laughs) lost that uh, since being here. No, although when I go back to London, everyone thinks I sound peculiar. My (laughs) my horse kind of pitchy Afrikaans prat. Mike is a pitchy star to have a lekker conversation. Your Afrikaans is uitstekend. This boy, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I would say kafalik, but I don't know what it. You know, you see, you see, I can see that the the ministries in Manenberg where you say it's kafalik, then then I know uh, you you settled in now. Yeah, you, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Pete, it is such an honor in having you here today because uh, when I started reading this book, I could not put it down, and it is a book with a very strong message, and the title of the book: How to Be Unsuccessful. An unlikely guide to human flourishing. You coming from the UK to South Africa, to Cape Town specifically, with one mission, and that is, like you said, to work with young men coming out of gangsterism. Is that what this book is supposed to put out there and that me as a reader should get out of this book? Well, I think anything one writes is informed by the life one lives hopefully mm. i mean mm. that's that's the the goal right that 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 the the lives we live match the stories we tell mm. now that's not necessarily a given as as, as i'm sure you'll know but um but yeah i mean the, the the book comes out of the lived experience to some extent of life in manenberg as a white british guy mm. um but more than that it comes out of an in, interior experience i suppose of this kind of core wound, I suppose, that I recognize in myself of kind of what have I got to show for my life? Am I a success? What even is success? Mm. And who defines it? And often when people say to me, because I did write a book a few years ago called No Neutral Ground, all about the journey to Manenberg. Mm. Um, but uh, when I say to people, oh, I've written a second book, they say, oh, so what's the title? And I said, oh, it's called How to Be Unsuccessful. Mm. And often it's met with a kind of eye roll and a bit of a sort of snort and, uh, oh, well, you should have come to me if you wanted uh, advice <laughs> on that. And so, Mike, I think deep down, intrinsically, each of us is yearning for success and recognizes uh, that that is a big question, a big existential question. And we're being molded and formed by culture. We're being told what success entails by a whole plethora of voices that are not Jesus's. And so for me, it was a matter of trying to unpick some sub-kingdom beliefs about success and orientate uh, the readers' uh, minds and hopefully kind of um, endeavors towards the life Jesus taught and preached uh, uh, about the kingdom. 
Pete, it's so interesting that you said as well, when you tell people the title of the book, How to Be Unsuccessful, you get eye rolls, you get uh, often quite, uh, I want to say, cringy remarks in the sense that you go, why would you say something like that or what do you think? And there's one subheading in the book where it says, at what cost? Mm. And you speaking about the life of Jesus, we often think that we should flourish and we kind of forget that Jesus' life was filled with there was challenges. Yeah. Um, and we think, you know what, if I call myself a Christian, I need to live like Christ. Yeah. And at what cost does success come? We often think, and I talked about it this morning, we often look at other people's lives and we think that is success. Yeah. But at what cost is success? Well, I think, yeah, exactly. So you've got that along with our obsession with rating each other. So mm. think about... You know, an Uber, the moment you get out of your Uber, it's pinging, you know, how many stars do you give your your guy? Uh, Or think about Airbnb, you know, like desperately wanting reviews for how is your stay at whoever's place. Now, if you look at Jesus, how would we rate Jesus? Was he successful? Well, he he had 12 unschooled ordinary men Hmm. who were jostling still for position, who let him down at his point of need, one of whom, the leader of whom, betrayed him three times right at the the main moment. He was then hung up, humiliated, crucified. You know, at that point, what are you going to give him? One star? But then you look at the resurrection. You look at a subversive, countercultural, praying community that uh, reallocated funds towards the poor and the marginalized and took the gospel message throughout the world so that today 2.6 billion people in the world proclaim to follow Jesus. Well, I'd give him five stars. You know, like, I'm being a bit facetious, Mike, but the point being that how do we rate Mm. success? On what terms? Is it quantitative? Is it qualitative? And also, is Jesus only a success because so many people believe in him now? Well, no, he was a success in the terms that I use in the book because he was obedient and faithful to the call of Mm. the Father, whatever the cost. And Pete... The thing is, someone told me the other day where if you go according to that, like you said, you might, it might come out that you being now facetious, but the point is being made that in the time of Jesus' life, there was no Twitter, yet he had millions of followers. Yep. He, yep. There was no Facebook, yet he had so many friends. And, and if you relate that to today's lingo, yeah. like you said, five stars. And yet, at the <laughs> would same, there be a, would there be a rating scale? Well, exactly. But at the same, uh, at the same token, he never went for mm. width. Mm. He was never about mm. numbers. Mm. Actually, uh, uh, you know, when he said, "Eat my flesh and drink my blood," he lost his entire following, apart from a couple mm. who were just like, "Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life." Sure. When he preached what could and has become a feel-good prosperity message of life in abundance, John ten, I've come to give you life in its fullness. Everyone tweets that and we think, hallelujah, abundant life, Lord. And then how did he conceptualize that? Over and over again in the ensuing passage, he says, laying down your life for others. And so there's this completely counterintuitive, subversive kingdom dynamic of what constitutes success is faithfulness to the call of God, is embracing suffering as part of the calling. It's laying down your life for others. And it's if you... If you are concerned about the depth of your life and ministry, then you can trust God with the breadth. And so often, I think, 
If we look on social media, etc., you've got ministries and Christians and churches looking for the breadth, looking for the width of followers, making a big noise. But actually, one of my favorite quotes is the church can often be like a swimming pool because all the noise comes from the shallow end. Sure. Are we going for a breadth that actually only God can give us when our focus should be on the depth mm. and the um, authenticity of a life lived congruent with the stories we're telling? If you just joined us, I have the honor in speaking to Pete Portal. He's originally from London, hence the accent uh, that you hear. But he's been in Cape Town since 2009. And as I said, he's uh, since serves on the core team of the Tree of Life for Church in Manenburg, which brought him to uh, giving us a bit more information where the focus is on young men and gangsterism. And one of the messages coming in on our uh, WhatsApp and Telegram, uh, Telegram number 0844104104 says, how big is the difference in uh, geweld in and now I can't get to the English in geweld, um, geweld. but in the, the um, uh, someone will tell me now. Um, <laughs> what do we mean I'm, by geweld? I'm, I'm direct translating here now. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, in my free state English, I'm doing this okay. now. Um, so they want to know basically what the difference is in the gangs and the the gangs in the UK or in England and London, yeah. where you're from, versus these in Cape Town, because we know that in the UK that's also a very big problem. Um, and did you use that? To, to kind of rate the difference between it, or was your focus purely on it here in Cape Town? Because it is a big problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of uproar moments. Violence. Sorry, Sorry I interrupted. Violence. 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 Okay, Violence. I remember Violence. that. Okay, that's my word of the day. Um, I'll try and not use it in conversation. Um, no, I think, no, I, 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 I don't make any reference to gang life in London. I know that Idris Elba and some other big celebrities mm. have, you know, come out around knife crime and all of that. I think what I would say, though, is that policing gangs in London or in Cape Town or Rio de Janeiro needs to be the same. Rather than legislating and just arresting your way out of uh, crime statistics, we actually need to look at transformative uh, and holistic and compassionate uh, solutions. I mm. mean, one of the things I say is that, Cape Town, you know, I just uh, read we have 3,000 murders a year, which is, uh, uh, I think, three, three times more than the whole of the UK. Sure. Um, Cape Town's number 10 in the world for homicides per 100,000 people. Mm. You can say, okay, the gangs are the problem. No, no, the gangs are young men's very imperfect attempt at finding a solution of the agony of living on the margins of a segregated and unequal society. That's a whole other topic, but I mean... <laughs> you see, and it's, it's, I, I love the fact that you bring that up because we often say, my mother always used to say, I'm not worried about the other children, I'm worried about you. Right. So we often find ourselves not worrying about what goes on in other countries because yeah. we're worried about what goes on in South Africa. Yeah. And it's so relevant because this morning, in the headlines of the burger, it says, Dwal kool eis nog kind op vlakte. Meaning that another... Crossfire yeah. claimed another young life. Yeah. With you writing this life, is that the part of us as human beings being unsuccessful in stopping gangsterism? Or what would the approach be? Is the approach to stop something like that? Or how do you treat something like this? I think uh, the first thing I would say is that you can't ask anybody to leave a gang unless you've got something better for them to join. And currently, uh, we, you know, that's what we're trying to do in Manenberg. We've set up a thing called Crew 62, which is a brotherhood. It's a home for young men to come 
leave gangs, leave drugs, and really just discover who God created them to be. And once you discover your identity as a beloved son or a beloved daughter, we have a home for abused women and their children as well, then actually the addiction that you use to medicate from the agony of past trauma and all the rest of it begins, it's a long process, begins to fall away and you begin to grow into your identity in Christ and fellowship with others walking the same path. My goal, my dream would be five guys a year for the next 20 years. You know, that's 100 guys in 20 years time. What if all of them are discipling five young men? And then you're looking at an incremental movement, hitting a tipping point where actually Manenberg, the goal is not for Manenberg to become the southern suburbs. The goal is for Manenberg to become a um, unique uh, community that's thriving and where Jesus has transformed and continues to transform many lives. And we get to play our little part in that. Because people say, oh, Manenberg, can anything good come out of Manenberg? And we're like, oh, hang about. They said that about Nazareth. And we all knew how that Mm. went, right? Mm. So, yeah. Well, Pete, I must say, I wish I can talk to you the whole day about this (laughs) very serious issue. But I want to ask you if people want to get your book, how and where can we order it? Is it available in books? And where can people get in contact with you as well? Yeah, so the book's available at uh, Come Books, Take A Lot, Wordsworth, Bargain Books, Exclusive Books, anywhere really. Um, and uh, it also, it's worth saying, Mike, it comes with, uh, we filmed a six-part video series that awesome. accompanies the book. So the idea being that get a bunch of your friends, buy the book, watch the video series. It's a little 15-minute session per chapter. And then, you know, it kind of adds fuel to the discussion fire, as it were, to then chat and pray about these things together. So you can find the um, How to Be Unsuccessful uh, video uh, series on my website, peteportal.com, and you can get in touch with me there as well. Fantastic. If you want further information, please send me a message as well, Pete. It was so nice to have you, and I look forward to our next chat as well uh, with regards to furthering the conversation. We touched on a couple of uh, serious points that I need addressing as well. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Mike. Elke dag jou nummer 1 kiese. Radio Tijgerberg, 104 FM.